Bank Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Hey, what up, Dodgers Nation? D-Mag here. We're going to talk about the Dodgers postseason bullpen in just a second. Who will make the Dodgers roster for the NLDS out of the pen? How will the starting rotation look? Who will be the Dodgers closer? We're going to talk about all that in just a second. But before we do, we have some quick injury updates to get into, starting with Tony Gonsolin. So Gonsolin's been dealing with that forearm injury, and Dave Roberts said that Tony will throw two innings against live hitters on Thursday. And that's going to be a big step facing hitters. He's going to have an up down. And if he passes that test, he'll probably have another bullpen session and then he'll have a rehab assignment early next week. So that's definitely good news regarding Tony Gonsolin because Dave said a few days ago that his role is really going to change at this point because there's not a lot of time to stretch him out to that full starters role, but he hopes to contribute in some capacity. And so if you just look at the calendar if he checks off every box and he doesn't have any setbacks he's going to be able to make one start at the big league level before the playoffs begin and I think it's clear at this point he's looking at a piggyback role in the postseason you're not going to see him have a traditional starters role but hopefully he can come back and contribute in some way and then the big update yesterday was about Blake Trinan here's what Doc had to say about Trinan status I would say there's still an if um, he's just not uh, bouncing back the way any of us would have hoped. So um, that's kind of my hesitancy a little bit. So that is not a very positive update regarding Blake Trinan, who's only pitched in five games this season. He's dealt with that shoulder capsule injury tear, and he was recommended surgery by Dr. Neil Elitrach. He elected to not have the surgery to try to rehab it, and it looks like he's struggling to get back there on the mound. Because remember, Doc said a few days ago that everything went well. They were going to activate him on Thursday, but that isn't the case. And yes, bullpen piece relievers they don't need the same amount of time to ramp up like a starter would but at this point I think it's clear that Blake Trinan if and that's a big big if if he comes back it's going to be in a limited role you're going to see him throw one inning possibly you're not going to see him in back-to-backs how effective will he be will his shoulder bounce back in the postseason after a few appearances that's also a big question so that is definitely going to be one thing to really look at and keep your eyes on if you're a Dodger fan down the stretch, can they get Blake Trinan back or will they shut him down? And how quickly can they get him back in time to get ready for October? And then there's Bruce Dark Gradrall. So some positive news. He is being activated today on Thursday. And then also Yancy Almonte is also on the road to recovery. He threw yesterday and he'll throw again Friday and is scheduled to throw Sunday in a rehab. So he's definitely on the med. And then Doc also mentioned that David Price is going to 
of phase hitters today and that he should be back soon. So that's why it's so difficult to put this postseason roster together when it comes to the pitchers, when it comes to the bullpen, because you just don't know who's going to be healthy and available down the stretch. But it will figure itself out. We know that. And the Dodgers do have plenty of depth, but it's definitely starting to get a little dicey, especially when you consider how close we are to the end of the season. Then yesterday, the Dodgers continue to look a little sloppy out there. And then Dustin May, he did not have a great start against the Diamondbacks. You were hoping that he would continue to make progress after he didn't allow a hit in his last start in five innings of work against San Francisco. Well, yesterday was definitely a step back in his progress. He allowed five runs on seven hits, had four strikeouts and two walks, and the command just was not there. They were hitting his pitches in the zone. He was hurt by some two-wild walks. He wasn't finishing off guys with two strikes. You had the Dimebacks stealing bases on him, but his big issue is falling behind in the count. If he gets ahead of the count, he's going to have success more often than not, but not really good on first pitch strikes. The worst in the league since he's been back, so he has to fix that command, but the potential is still there. He still flashed some filthy stuff. We know how dirty he is when he's right. He just does not have the best feel for that two-seam fastball, and Austin Barnes, he took a little blame for his lack of success out there, but still, Dustin May, he needs to continue to find it, and look, I think this is a part of the process when it comes to coming back from a Tommy John injury. It's not going to happen overnight. Sometimes it's going to be one step forward, two step back. Sometimes you have big progress in an outing. So it's all a part of the process. He still has an opportunity to have things click before the postseason begins. He's also complained about that elbow soreness. So I think he's a guy that, yeah, you might see start a game, but it could be a piggyback situation. I think you can expect that. Also, I think they'll maintain some flexibility to use him late in the game, possibly later in the postseason, if they can get a Tony Gonsolin back and ready to roll. So definitely some big questions with this Dodgers bullpen and starting rotation at the moment, and they're going to have to figure things out very quickly here. What's going on, Dodgers Nation? Doug McCain here. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And welcome to another episode of the Blue Heaven Roundtable. As always, I'm joined by Mr. Clint Pacias. You can follow him at Real FRG. What's going on, Clint? Doing good. Um, 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 we're coming off of an ugly doubleheader, and I'm, I don't ever want to see doubleheader baseball again, but I am doing wonderful. We got Uncrustables in the freezer here at DNHQ. It's a good time to be alive. It's a great time to be alive. It's a great time to be a Dodger fan. Yesterday, they had the tough loss to the Diamondbacks, but still, this team is primed and ready to have a fantastic postseason. One of the luxuries they have with the record that they have is they can set their rotation the way they want. They have a few weeks to put this bullpen together to allow some guys that have been injured to come Mm -hmm. back and reestablish themselves and get some rest before October begins. We're going to start. We're going to talk about the postseason locks when it comes to the starting rotation, when it comes to the bullpen. We've got some injury updates as well, but we're going to start right at the top. With the starting rotation, we've been strong advocates for having Julio Urias as the game one starter. I think you got Clayton Kershaw as your game two starter. But who are you going with as your game three starter if you're the Dodgers? Well, I'm already uh, immediately different than you because I've got Tony Gonsolin slotting into that game two as a 
an opener. He's not going to be built up to a full starters workload by the time we get to the NLDS, even though he has about two weeks. Uh, he's going to have less than two weeks, really, honestly, to build up a, a, a pitch count. You get him out there, three innings, and you separate Julio, you separate Kershaw uh, into game three. Just gives your rotation a little bit of length. So I'm already different uh, than you there. That's my guy. Um, I just, I have my Anderson doubts. Game four. I'm a little skeptical that he's going to be out there on the meound for the Dodgers this as guy. early as you expect him to me to be. I think with, I think it's just a fantastic strategy. You do want to use him as an opener, even have some a traditional opener come out, mm -hmm. throw that first inning, and then you have Tony Gonsolin pitching two, three, four innings out of, out of that. But I just don't think at this point you have as your game two starter at home at Dodger Stadium. I think that's earmarked for Clayton Kershaw. He's been that man since he's been back. He's been virtually unhittable, save for that first inning where he had the bases loaded walk. He's been outstanding, just straight shoving for the Dodgers. I think you go Julio Arias. I think you go Clayton Kershaw. Moving on, I think the more interesting conversation is about the bullpen, about how they're going to use yeah. some of these guys at the back of the rotation. <laughs> Are they going to slot them in into the bullpen? How are they going to fit guys in like possibly a Gonsolin, an Anderson, an Andrew Heaney? And then it's stacked with other fantastic pitchers as well. You have Evan Phillips, Alex Vesia, Chris Martin, Blake Trinan, then Bruce Dark Gratterall hopefully will be back. Yancy Almonte hopefully will be back. Caleb Ferguson has been a little shaky of late. You're seeing him allow more hits. You're seeing him not miss as many bats. And then Tommy Canely is the guy that's really thrown a wrench into the whole bullpen conversation <laughs> yeah, because he's looked really good in two and two thirds innings. He hasn't allowed a run. He has a postseason ERA of 233. He's the guy that they brought in to be a weapon knowing he wasn't going to pitch in 2021 so I find it hard to believe that this organization wouldn't want to utilize him in some capacity but my first question for you is there's been a lot of positive spin about these currently injured Dodgers relievers yeah fair. do you think that do you think that it's a little unrealistic to think that they'll come back 100% healthy and ready to go the the Blakes the Bruce Dars the Yancey's guys like that uh, I mean, it is unfair. You can't assume that these guys are immediately going to come back and just be throwing gas, throwing uh, perfect innings, whatever the hell it'd be. It may be immaculate innings or something like that. You do have a reasonable doubt, though, that these are professional hitters. They've gone through their, their progression in the minor leagues during their minor league rehab stints. The only reason these guys should be coming back to the big leagues is because they, the team, the medical, the pitcher themselves feel that they can get outs at the highest level. And that's what they need to be doing. And they're going to be need to be, they're going to need to be doing that in October if they're on that roster. And there's definitely a lot of question marks in there. I would say, uh, what really three spots sort of up for grabs. It feels like. Yeah, when you look at this bubble right now, when you look at the the end of this bullpen, you talk about guys like a Caleb Ferguson mm -hmm. or a Craig Kimbrell, Chris Martin. He's been very impressive with the Dodgers, an ERA at 1-8. So he's been a guy that's yeah. gotten it done. But when you look at the bubble, the bullpen bubble, you talk about guys like Tommy Canely, Phil Bickford, David Price, Justin Brule. Out of those guys, which of them do you think has the best chance to make this pen? Say, so I also got to mention Yenti Almonte in there because he's, he's, he's already in my lock. Oh, he was on. He's yeah. on your lock. Oh, man, that's tough because uh, the guys you know, we know should be back trying and Gratterall. There's also a David Price in there on the outside looking in for me. It's kind of Canely Bickford Almonte. We know like somebody like a Justin Brule, he's going to be off. He's not. A, he's a non option. But uh, my bullpen. So I got Heaney as a long reliever. 
It's obvious. He's not going to be a starter, and he's going to give us some bums in long relief. But middle relief, you got Martin Ferguson. He makes it. Canely, I think they uh, they got him for this reason. And even if Yancey had, like, a long, solid stretch of the middle of the season, he's also been gone for two months. So you don't know if you're going to get this guy, this same guy back. Uh I guess I'm kind of going off the rails here a little bit. So I, I would I would give it to Canely over him. We know Bickford's going to be off. I don't think Bruzdark gets a roster spot, in, at least in the early uh, early throws of the postseason. That's where I'm at. Set up, we got Trinan, Phillips, Vesia, and Kimbrell. I don't have a closer. That's what my wow. bullpen looks like. Interesting. I mean, Bruzdar Gradrall, he said he felt strong while facing hitters Monday, and the team expects him back in the near future. I think Bruzdar Gradrall is a guy you absolutely have to include in that bullpen mix. You saw how successful he was in 2020. He really helped this Dodgers pen. Mm -hmm. And hey, but I mean, also Cody Bellinger really helped him out too by keeping that Fernando Tatis homer in the yard <laughs> and blowing a kiss to Manny Machado. So I think definitely think he's a part of my bullpen mix. But I think what it comes down to is help Health is key. Health is wealth for this bullpen. And that is going to be the biggest question. And the question I have is I also have Andrew Heaney as a part of the NLDS roster. And mm -hmm. I think that he won't be used in a traditional bullpen sense. I think he's going to yeah. be the incredible bulk. He gives you multiple <laughs> innings of relief. Hopefully he can keep the ball in the yard. He has shown some progress. He had allowed 11 home runs in his last five games before his last start against San Francisco. And he ends up pitching very well. Four scoreless innings for Andrew Heaney. And I think what you're going to see when when you consider the fact that in the NLDS, it's a you don't have as much rest in the postseason this year and you're going to need more bullpen depth yeah. and that is the key it's been increasingly a battle of the bullpens but I think that Craig Kimbrell is a guy where based on what happens in the next two weeks if Craig crumbles again we're going to get into his numbers in a little bit but there's no reason for him to be in this bullpen if he can't get it done that's just the reality that's not some hot take because if Craig Kimbrell can't assume his role as a closer he can't be a setup man you can't bring him in in high leverage situations uh, you know the numbers are there but he's also like advanced stats love him for some stupid reason. But if you have a guy uh, that's going to come in and, and, you know, set up bases loaded or, or walk dudes, I can understand the concern. He's also not Kenley. They're not as beholden to him as they would have been for Kenley Jansen. Kenley Jansen would thousand percent be on any postseason roster because he's Kenley F and Jansen, what he means to do to the Dodgers organization. But I could see, I don't think it happens. I do think either way he ha is a lock on here because 390, you know, career saves and all that BS. Uh, interesting take, though. Interesting take. I mean, the, the advanced numbers used to love him. They don't love him they, in the let it go little, uh, uh, We'll hey. talk about it in a little bit because we're going to talk about uh, that's the question I have later I for you. I thought that was part of the advanced stats, the let it go, like like that right that there. That is, the let it go, the yeah. X let it go. Yeah, yeah. X, uh, X Elsa, is that what it is? The X Elsa. Yeah. <laughs> They got to look elsewhere for a closer, I think, deep in the postseason <laughs> run. But we're going to ask that question a little bit. Who is going to be our closer beyond the NLDS? So we're going to get into that in a little bit. But next topic I want to touch on is about Tony Gonsolin and how they're going to use him in October. We talked a little bit about it, and he's going to return. But do you think it's a situation where, because to me, I think one way you can look at Tony Gonsolin is if you bring him back and he's not ready to go at least 75 pitches for 
innings. Is it a situation where you keep him warm? You throw some simulated games and you get him back to being a starter for the NLCS because that is when you're going to need at least a fourth starter. And then yeah. Tyler Anderson has been a little shaky. You're seeing less swing and miss. I think you're going to need four true starters at some point in October. So I think it is a situation where do you want to rush a Tony Gonsolin back just to see what you can get out of him? But let's not forget, too, he's really struggled in that bullpen role. An ERA over 10 out of the pen. He's allowed six dingers mm -hmm. in the postseason. So how would you use Tony Gonsolin in the postseason, not just the NLDS, but beyond? In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. The thing we've learned about Anthony Gonsolin is that the Catman needs to be on the prowl. He needs to be pitching. He was bad in 2020 because he had, what, 16 days off between his last regular season uh, regular season outing and his first postseason outing, and it, it completely derailed his, his feel, his mojo, and he is very much a feel pitcher with that split-finger fastball. I, I think they can fully build him up to a 3-60, maybe a 4-75 and 75 by that NLDS, and that's why I like the idea of, hey, you know what? They have five days off between the end of the regular season and the start of the postseason. You have some time to throw some simulated games, really, really stretch him out. And maybe if he's not starting game two, like I uh, would like to see, um, if he's not starting game two, maybe he's able to, to start game four. And guess what? You have Andrew Heaney there as a, a bulk guy behind him. And it's going to be very, you know, matchup based. They're not going to let him go three times through the lineup might not even let him go two and a half or, or one and a half times through the lineup. I, I understand what you're, what you're saying about maybe just kind of giving him that break and bringing him back in the NLCS. But do you feel comfortable throwing a guy in there after that long of a layoff? I mean, that's a fair question. I just think that, there's a situation where if Tony Gonsolin can't get back in time to really find out how do you, how does he get a routine coming out of the bullpen? He's mm -hmm. comfortable coming out as a starting pitcher. He's made an all-star team. He's had the most success he's ever had. And I don't think it's fair to really compare what he could do this season with what he's done in the past. Like you mentioned the long layoff, but also just the way he pitches this year, he's not nibbling. You're seeing him pound the strike zone. He's attacking the zone. He's more confident pitching to contact and getting outs that way. But, 
but I also think that there's a lot of hot relievers up and down this bullpen. And I think yep. that when you talk about a shorter series, that is going to be a battle of the bullpens potentially, because are you really going to see a Dustin May go past four innings? Are you going to see Clayton oh, Kershaw yeah, go past yeah. six innings? Julio Urias is really one of the only guys you can see right now going seven innings and beyond. And he hasn't even, he probably won't even do that. If you look at the, the world series in the last five seasons, the bullpen has pitched 52% of the time. So I think that if you're not confident that Tony Gonsolin can come back and be that guy, be that cat man, the great Catsby that really just turned things around this year, I say, Hey, maybe you consider having an extra bullpen piece. Maybe you consider if you look down there with the Tommy Canely's and yeah. of the world that can really do damage and, and get big outs and get and miss bats. You and just I think, need to have outs getters. And that's where, yeah. like, that's where we get back into why I kind of leaned Canely over Bruzdar because one guy can get the punch, one guy cannot. We know Bruzdar, hey, chances are very high the Dodgers don't win in 2020 without Bruzdar Gratterall, but guess what? Uh, he still hasn't really developed that that strikeout pitch. So that's what I'm thinking there, and I agree. Like That gives him a little bit of flexibility in the rotation, it feels like to me, to have maybe one more setup guy. And that's where you know you don't get a David Price on this roster, possibly in his last uh, postseason yeah. ever, all that kind of stuff. I don't know, all over the place. There's a lot to talk about bullpen-wise. Really, the big question, though, is who will be getting the final three outs? Who will be <laughs> the Dodgers' closer? Because Craig Kimbrell, yes, a lot was made about him letting it go and switching to the Frozen song. But guess what? The advanced numbers that you talked about, they actually like him less in the let it go ear. In the let it go ear, 12 oh, games, man. 12 innings pitch. You know, I bring my facts to the fight, ladies and gentlemen. A 225 <laughs> ERA, a .58 whip. Opponents are hitting 79 against him, but a 4.36 FIP, a 4.28 Sierra. The expected FIP's high. The strikeouts are lower. The hits are up. The BABIP gods that were cursing him earlier in the year, they've totally flipped the script. He has a 69 giggity BABIP now, and they now, <laughs> I mean, just look at the other day. I mean, he it was a mess. He created a mess, yeah. and the expected batting average on that hit by Alcantara, Alcantara was 6'10". So if Gavin yeah. Lux doesn't make that great play, he could have blown another yeah, save. But uh, for sure. I mean, what are your thoughts on Craig Kimball right now? Do you think that there's a chance that they leave him off the postseason roster for the <laughs> NLDS? Zero chance. That's it. Just zero chance. You seem to be on the other side of that, though. No, I think there's zero chance because of the Dodgers' investment in him. I think they want to believe that he's a guy that can go out there and they can score enough runs and they can Kimbrel-proof a game for him. But just yeah. the thought of him coming out there in a tie game or a one-run game, it's October. I'm less afraid of Michael Myers in October than I am of Craig Kimbrel in October. I mean, let it go, let it go. The Dodgers don't need Kimbrel anymore. He needs to be gone. He melts down like Olaf in the desert. And I'm telling you, Dodger fans, he could cost the Dodgers more in the NLDS than in the NLCS. The reason why he petrifies me in the NLDS is because it's a shorter series. Mm -hmm. If you lose a game two, have to go on the road in a raucous environment yeah. against a better team. Now let's remember there's no reseeding in major league baseball. Okay. So you're possibly gonna have to face the best team in the NL in the DS once again, mm -hmm. and possibly the Braves or the Mets or a team like that. We'll see how it shakes out in that division. So I think that if it gets beyond the, the Dodgers advance, which hopefully they do, then they'll be in a spot where, yeah, if he costs them a game in the NLCS, they have more games to work with. There's, 
more margin for error. But I just, uh, to me, my big concern is he blows you a game early in the DS. To me, it's easy solution. You have Evan, if Blake Trinan comes back healthy, Fireman Phillips, Dr. Phil, he is your closer. And Craig Kimbrell, you let him go. I don't think there's going to be, I I don't think, there is not going to be a closer. There's not going to be a de facto guy that gets those final outs in the ninth. And I've said this now for a few weeks on Blue Heaven, and essentially I'm ripping off Dave Vassay on this. Shout out to the boy, Dave Vassay. But it's going to be purely matchup based. You might see Kimbrell coming in in the seventh inning because he's able to face six, seven, eight in the lineup. They want to hide him. They want to maximize the, the, the matchups. All of the paperwork, all of the computer work is going to be done. The computers are going to tell them Alex Vessia needs to be getting this guy wherever that guy comes up in the lineup. And if it's, if it's, you know, Kimbrell in the seventh, trying in for a few outs in the eighth and then Evan Phillips for, for three batters in the ninth and then Vessia closes it out. It doesn't matter. There's there. They are beholden to nobody, nobody is worthy of getting that that final out it's just whoever makes the most sense and is available in that moment so i i feel like kimbrell is going to be not a non-issue but he's going to be less of a factor than what we've seen and experienced so far in this regular season and i 100 percent agree with that take is that they would and should play the matchups it should be a closer by committee situation paperwork Run with the paperwork. They but know if, what this guy. But if you're going to play the matchups, he's not the guy to have in the back of your bullpen. Because no. if you look at the way he struggles against lefties. Honestly, he's kind of almost a, a middle relief type of dude. He's a, he's a mop up Kimbrel proof guy. <laughs> I'm telling you, I mean, the guy he's going to, he's going, you're going to see a Kim plosion. If he comes out there in a close game in the postseason in a one uh-huh. run game, just because the command isn't there. All you guys watch the games. Look where the catcher sets up. Look where the ball ends up. I mean, everyone, when I, when I posted the, when I was on Twitter, I was talking about the home run they gave up to Alcantara last week. Everyone's like, Oh, it wasn't a bad pitch. I was like, well, it wasn't a bad pitch because he didn't leave it middle middle, but it was still, he still missed his target by like three feet. So I'm telling you, Craig Kimbrell, the Dodgers have a problem and his name is Craig Kimbrell. And I hope he turns it around because that would be the best case scenario. But if all these bullpen pieces come back and the question is, is he one of the best bullpen pieces available for those eight spots? The answer is no, that's just the reality. Probably not. I mean, for me again, the guys on the outside for me, David price, Bruce, dark all Phil Bickford, Yancey Almonte. Um, I don't know if I would take any of them over Kimbrel, but I also don't really feel that confident about Kimbrel over any of those those names. It's a good problem to have. It's you know, it's a good problem for sure, <laughs> not but the, not the most yeah. perfect and fluid situation for sure. And I'm sure health and injuries are gonna you know fix this or alleviate us of this problem when you know Canely probably his arm falls off again in a couple outings or maybe yeah. maybe Gonsolin doesn't come back because the forearm just barking on him or something like that and all of this uh that's why it's tough to a map big this waste of our time now. yeah no look that's why it is tough to map this out because we know that one someone's gonna break we know that two someone's not gonna come back and be fully healthier he does come back he makes one start yeah. and then you know he's a Danny Duffy type right he's the yeah. Santa Claus of the Dodgers <laughs> he doesn't exist so yeah I think you got to leave your teeth out under the pillow. I think that's how Duffy comes. Yeah. Uh, is that how it yeah, works? I think that's how he comes out yeah. of the game. Yeah. But I mean, look, the only thing I'm concerned about too, though, is the Dodgers. They gave Kimbrell this role for the entire season only to switch things up and change the cohesion of the bullpen late in the game. I mean, he's done it. He's done it before. 
Yeah, he has done it before. He's also imploded before. Oh, yeah. Look at the 2018 World Series run by the Red Sox. He they was, wanted nothing to do with him. They, like, changed the locks to the Red Sox facility. <laughs> Okay, I mean, he, they wanted nothing to do with him. I think that Kimbrel, when it comes to closers, role, he's like pineapple on pizza. He just shouldn't be there. Okay, and yeah, are you guys, are you, are you a pineapple? Not, that's not even a spicy take. That's an accurate take, dude. Pineapple, on commendable take. Pineapple, it's like the it's like the Rob Manfred of pizza toppings. It's just it's gross. If the Dodgers made it to the World Series, it's the final inning, the final out. Who is going to be getting the final out for the Dodgers if they win the World Series? Funny, I was I was literally thinking about asking you the same question. I don't know why I saw the name and it just popped out to me and it's not going to be this guy. It's probably going to be somebody like an Evan Phillips, but imagine just out of nowhere, Andrew Heaney getting that final out and how stupid that would be and how exciting that would be. What if Heaney somehow turns into that 20 Julio role? Just, wow. you know, he, he's got a, a pretty electric stuff. He has kind of the same pitch profile just without the combio. I like that take. I love that. It take could work. In. Look, it, missing bats is a premium in the postseason. Mm -hmm. The ability to get chase outside of the zone is something that a lot of guys just can't do. Yeah. He has that ability. The deception is there. And I'm very happy for Andrew. He, that was one thing I was saying on the post game show when we won the division. Oh, this is routine. This is ho home. There's a formality. I'm like, yeah, great dude, stuff. Andrew, Heaney's the guy that got cut. You know, they, you know, he's a guy that wasn't able to experience that Joey <laughs> yeah, Gallo, all these first timers, <laughs> but I like it. So Andrew Heaney for my Heaney heads, Heaney truthers stand up. I'm, oh. I'm one of them. You know, you know, like April me is pissed at that take. But when's the last time you really I, I can't think of the last time I've you've seen a true closer be the guy who gets the final out in the in the World Series. Maybe maybe the Royals. I forgot who saved it yeah, for the Royals. It's, it's but, been a while. You know, sale, sale. Uh, in 18. We had Julio and and uh, I guess I guess Dan Hudson in 19. Hudson, but that kind of yeah, Hudson 19. You know, with with the with the Nats. But um you know, you, you find somebody who's on a roll by that time in October too, maybe into November, chances are your bullpen arms, Chris Martin's falling apart. You know, you've, you've uh, run Evan Phillips into the ground. You find a way to get three innings or something like that. Like they did with Julio stranger things have happened, man. It's baseball. Uh, you know, if you can have a, a team win 80 games and go and win a world series, like the Cardinals did a decade ago or whatever the hell it was, all the rules have changed. Cody Bellinger can somehow become a, a hitter again in October, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. Leave, no, postseason is uh, different. no stone yeah. unturned. Postseason is a different energy, a different vibe. Like to me, I always say regular season is like a strong cup of coffee. The postseason is like a four loco with some five hour energy in it and a little sprinkle of cocaine. Okay. Bruh. It's a different level of intensity in the postseason. So booger sugar in there. A little booger sugar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, you're going you. with Andrew Heaney. I'm going to tell you who's going to get the final three outs. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Do you want drum roll? Did you order the code red? It's going to be Dustin May. They're going to maintain That's flexibility with Dustin May, and they're going to show him warming up in the bullpen. Look at See that? I got goosebumps. That's how I am. I think you got to get that checked out. I really got some they're going to have Dustin May. <laughs> they're going to order the code red. It's going to be Dustin Mayhem coming out of that pen. He's going to be lethal. He's going like to be it. filthy, and he's going to be the guy on the mound when the Dodgers celebrate. Or if they're up by 20 runs, I want to see Hanser Alberto out there getting those final three outs. So either Dustin May or Hanser Alberto, but 
I just hope we're having this conversation because uh, that means go. the Dodgers have won it all. But uh, thanks for rocking with us here on another episode of the Dodgers Nation Blue Heaven Roundtable. For Mr. Klimpasias, you can follow him at RealFRG. That stands for at effing really great, right? Effing really great. We'll go with that one. Okay, Chief. I thought. Uh, uh, my name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And we want your takes. Give us your postseason pitcher roster. Who are the 13 pitchers that will be on the Dodgers roster in the postseason for the NLDS? It's tough. Yes, you have some injuries right now. It will shake itself out in the next few weeks, but lots of talent there. A good problem to have. We didn't even talk about Phil Bickford and some of the other guys we talked about on the Monday show. But yeah, uh, yeah it's going to be a tough decision for Dave Roberts, and that's what you want. You want a tough decision. So <laughs> let us know down below. And also, who is going to be getting the save or the final three outs for who's going to get the final out for the Dodgers in the World Series when they win it? Let me know down below. Call your shot. And if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And if you want to see us post even more Dodgers content, smash that like button. And until next time, think blue, bleed blue, and we, we out. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. home. 